we always do about this time. Suck shit. You know, man, I was thinking. Uh-oh. So, you know, I talked about it before. We've been on here, man, how much I love music, my record collection, you know, this, this, and that, and whatever. And, and I'm in all kinds of different music, man. I don't care. It's so, R&B, of course, hip-hop. Jazz, you know, Miles Davis, you know, is one of my favorites. Listen to a little gospel, you know, or going all the way back, you know, Mahalia Jackson with my grandmother, all of everything, man, you know. And no matter what, across all genres, they have what they call a one-hit wonder. Okay? For those that you don't that don't know what a one-hit wonder is, for y'all young folks, that's that song that you made that was hot. It could have been regional, national, or worldwide. But it was your one song. And you never heard a second song pretty much from that artist. <laughs> For example, the Jacksons may be the most famous R&B family in music. But all you ever heard Reeby ask was singing Centipede. Right? <laughs> I ain't never heard Adina Howard sing nothing but freak like me, right? That's day one. So when they come out and they on the bill at the performance, you know exactly what the hell they gonna sing. Your cousin, he coming out and he gonna sing, this is how we do it, right? If my tail don't sing that, they booing his ass off the stage. That's how it works, right? I notice that in relationships, I see a lot of one-hit wonders. I done seen a woman fall for the same song from a dude over and over again for 30 or 40 years. He gonna sit up next to your ass on the couch watching 90 Day Fiance and the next day you online looking for wedding dresses, right? Or the worst dude is the best friend dude. I'll take you. He's playing the good guy next to you just so he could bust it open. He will stand there for years next to you, waiting for that one day in case of emergency, not break glass, break ass. <laughs> one hit wonder niggas, you want some sucker shit. Uh, nope, didn't see that one coming either. Yeah, that, 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 didn't see that one. It definitely. <laughs> Here we are. Welcome to Skinny Black's Lounge. My name is Rob, aka Skinny Black. And to my right, Tubbs. Yeah. Cool. And to his right, JT, period of silence. I'm on. And to Ren's left, Listen, tonight we want to get into a couple of things. Before we do, I want to shout out the Gathering Spot. That's where we are, Gathering Spot LA, uh, West Adams, Big Ups. But let's get into a couple of things. The first thing we want to touch up on is who coaches the coach? Where do black men go in time of hardship when the shit get tough? If you're a mentor, if you're a coach, whether that be life coach, whether that be sports coach, where do black men get to go when we need some coaching or some mentoring, some help, some support, a space that's safe that we can emote and kind of get shit 
off our shoulders and find safe places to land and recharge. I think that goes back to our previous conversation about uh, your sphere of influence and then creating a circle of people to cultivate an honest dialogue and you know, beyond just a safe space of, of expressing yourself and things that are on your mind, also creating a space to where you, in the event that you need some pushback, some honest pushback, they're there to give it to you. And you've uh, created enough trust to be willing to accept that, that critique and then take it, process it, and, and, and put it into action. That requires some training to find that and to, uh, to cultivate that circle of people that, are, that, are, that can put you in, in that space. And it, and it takes years to actually do that. And if you haven't had any, any form of guidance to even be able to discern people of principle and character, that's a very difficult space to be, which is why sports are such an you know, incredibly viable and important space um, for people in general because it sets up these artificial set of circumstances and, and these parameters and, these, and, these, and you apply all these elements of teamwork and you come in there and you're supposed to be working for the collective and surrendering yourself to the team and there you can simulate these, these, these different uh, circumstances where your character can be revealed like uh, the uh, John Wooden quote where you know sports doesn't create character it reveals it you know those set of circumstances and you, you get into these spaces now when you don't have sports or uh, you don't have a form like that like a uh, a social uh, construct you know I mean you have to create these spaces for young men and there aren't a lot of them in the, in the, in the black community so yeah. where do many Young men or black men, not just young and old go to hell with a scholarship, uh, depression. Mm. Um, they go inward. They spiral. A lot of us go to our mothers. And for many of us, that's useless as well because they don't get us like that. And sometimes it's difficult and this is no no shade, but sometimes it's difficult for someone that sees you as their little boy to imagine your manhood. And it's the beauty of motherly love, but it's also the curse of motherly love. Where can or should we go? Uh, to piggyback off of what Ren just said, the first thing you have to do is turn inward because you can't cultivate an honest circle without being honest with yourself. So you can't be the only liar in an honest group. How can you get the feedback? How can you get what you need if you're not honest about your deficiencies, if you're not honest about your worries, your shortfalls, or, or even if we want to talk positively, your aspirations and goals, you know, what's really on your heart. Um, not what you have to do, but what you dream of doing. Because those are two different things. And I would advise for you to find a, a, a man or men that you look up to. So many times I see people want to be the, uh, I'll put it to you this way. I'd rather have a modest house in an expensive neighborhood than the biggest house in a poor neighborhood. Hmm. And I see so many people bragging about their five bedroom house, <laughs> but it's right next to a crack house. <laughs> 
I would rather have a one-bedroom studio in a multi-million dollar arrangement. And I pride myself, uh, surrounding myself by men that I look up to. And I have no problem saying that because they have aspects of their personality and, and their person and accomplishments that I haven't done or that I want to do. So, and lastly, before I shut up, that ties into this. You have to humble yourself. Because you can't hear what you're not listening to. Wow. And and we've been very fortunate to have some amazing men in our lives. Brother, the man you call Pops. Your uncle, Uncle Mel. <laughs> uh, my uncles um, have, have provided some sort of examples. But if you don't have that, where do you go? That, who do you seek out when, when you know you need that? You know it's something missing. How and who do you seek that from? I mean, it's incumbent upon us to, to be active in spaces where, where there are young people. Mm. You know, we get so caught up in, um, you know, our own self-advancement and career and, and our family. And you, and you really have to go be above and beyond your family. Like, if you're, not, if you're not taking anything on outside of your family, then you're not doing a service to the community that you, you know, say you serve. Like, uh, partner named uh, Darren Early. He has an organization called Bridge Builders. And uh, Dan had five daughters and one son. And Darren was like, man, I got all these daughters. I got to go out there and make sure there's enough young men who, could, who are viable Before enough to, to marry right. yep. my daughters. And he created an organization. And he created um, a whole mantra and dialogue to to train young men and, and and so they can grow into healthy individuals, healthy young men who know how to emote and know how to lead and know how to provide and are in pursuit of growth, constant growth, you know, who want to evolve, who, who, who want to change. And like to piggyback on what JT was saying, you know, having, being honest with yourself, you, you have to know where, you, where you've come from. You have to have a proper assessment of where you stand. And you have to have an understanding of, man, how, where do I want to evolve? How do I, what do I want to be? You know, what do I, what do I want to be? And, and what kind of person, what kind of human being uh, do I want to be and how I, how I uh, interact in the world and, and, you know, how I effectuate change amongst the people that I, that I care about. Yeah. I'm still working on the, on that emoting part, but uh, I'm not that good at that one. Yeah. We, we, we spent four years not doing it. You know what I, mean? I, I don't know. I don't know that it's going to fully manifest the way they want us to. to you know nah, I mean? man. Listen, I'm just uh, you know. I said you have to be humble and recognize your shortcomings. Yeah. Okay, right. and I'm midget like when it comes to emoting. Okay, but. Little, you know, people, little person like or midget like? No, midget like. Oh, okay, cool. just check. Oh, what? We, what? Just check. Piss off the three midgets just listening. <laughs> and we got three. That's what I'm saying. Cool. They're all the same family. Little There's people. Three little, more than I do. Yeah, little people alone be. Um, <laughs> nah, but you know, it, it's we have a a lack of masculine, mm. 
uh, men. Uh, masculinity as a is at an all time low, and as a father of a son and a daughter, but specifically a daughter, I have spent time thinking, what kind of man will be available to her when the time comes, based on what I'm seeing um, in today's climate. So many of our young men are being raised as girls or teens. And we're not the same. And that's no disrespect to anyone, but I struggle with issues with my daughter because I've never been a 16 year old young lady. So I go ask for help. I'll call my sister and be like, hey, we had this conversation, give me a little guidance, da 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 da. But I'm also humble enough to know what I don't know and ask for that assistance. And one of the roadblocks that I've seen is that we have a disconnect in our relationships sometimes between black men and black women is that they think they know us like that. Mm. True. And you haven't taken the time to study and learn about us. And so what we can provide a young man looks so different than what you provide as a mother, as a woman. Our love looks totally different. Our love's love looks like boundaries, structure, discipline, a firm hand, a deeper voice sometimes, because some of y'all chicks. But anyway, <laughs> I was like, damn, nice goatee, Miss Johnson. <laughs> but baritone. Yeah, you know, like Barry White's auntie. Um, you know, but 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 in all seriousness, we have to recognize what we both bring to the table. It's so combative right now. Just because something is good doesn't make what you give bad. Right. You know, no, they're both good. They're different. But without both of them, it's not good. Right. Right. You you, you got gumbo with sausage in it only. You know, I was like, you got meat soup. <laughs> that's not gumbo. So that's the problem. We, we're not putting the right ingredients in. And to, to go back to the beginning of your question, if we had the 100% answer of where do you go, we'd all be multimillionaires in this room. Man. Because that is one of the most important and unanswered questions in our community. Well, I have a, an idea about the issue that we're having. So let me read a couple of things from y'all. Tell me if you can pick this out. Okay. Spawn. Blade. Mm -hmm. Black Panther. Black Lightning. Luke Cage. Black Dynamite. <laughs> Black Dynamite. Miles Morales. Right. Um, Drumline. Higher Learning. Uh, Cooley High, Remember the Titans, The Wood, Dope, Juice, Roll Bounce, ATL, Remember the Titans, um, House Party, The Inkwell. What, what do you guys notice? I mean, uh, I would say very few of what you uh, described are 
are things that are grounded in reality. You know, there's a bunch of fantasy in there, and then um, the other ones are kind of superficial uh, dives into um, black manhood and, and growth. You know what I mean? So we're, we're left to a, a space of, of entertainment to to create these these influences, and it's they can be aspirational, you know, but it's the the, the experience, of, the tangible experience of interacting with someone and seeing them and seeing how they move. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I was in eighth grade going to school in the San Fernando Valley and it was a, uh, I had one, two black male teachers. Um, one ended up having to leave the school because he had a, he had to have an operation so he, he left early. The other one was a PE teacher. Super cool, brother, you know what I'm saying? Cold, Adidas, um, sweatsuits out there every day. <laughs> he had a, a Corvette Stingray. Think he dressed like Sweet. Ready MC every day orange. going to work. Sweet. It was orange, orange and it said OJ on the uh, license plate. <laughs> like orange juice, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he had a he had an octoroon son that was my age, you know what I mean? But he was a cold cat, He was still it was still cold cat. Curl, curl, perfection, you know what I'm saying? But then I had, um, Couple weeks into the first, second semester, had this uh, teacher come in from, I want to say, I, he, was, he may have been from Alabama. And um, he was Alabama or Mississippi. Had to draw, but the cat had on um, Ralph Lauren, um, Alabama. Ralph Lauren shirt, Ralph Lauren button down shirt, knit tie, the polo pants, Sperry Topsiders, and um, Pierre Argyle socks, right? And he came in ice cold every day. That visual of just watching him come in with a leather bag, his materials, his level of organization, how he dressed. I wore almost the exact same fit to my graduation. You know what I mean? Just based on mm. that. Now, later That's on, powerful. this guy's working in the district. I'm working in the district as a teacher and things like that. Meet him. He is very effeminate, you know what I'm saying? Like, things like that. <laughs> you know, rise completely differently. But the visual yes. of his deportment was incredibly important for me. Yeah. Incredibly important for me just to see that. You know what I mean? Even if it's in manhood as we've evolved into completely different spaces and how he got out was completely different, you know? And 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 then to be working in the same spaces as him, but of course he was, um, you know, on a different level, you know what I mean? But just to see, I was like, wow. To, to interact with him now and then to just remember what that influence is. And I had to make sure I, um, I told him, like, yo, man, you know, this is what you did for me. That it is so, so important to to have something to to physically put hands on and see for these young men. It's incredibly important. Yes. Well, that that brings up something interesting because as you were saying that, I realized that you had two more black male teachers than I've ever had, and I think that my story uh, is similar because I think it's less than five percent of the teaching profession nationwide that are black men. So 10% of the country still believes Tupac is alive. But so we half of the Tupac believers. 
less than. So teaching and education. So is there any wonder why we gravitate towards sports or music? Because that's where our children see black men. They don't see us in education. They don't see us professionally. Um, that's why it's even so much more important and impactful that we stretch out beyond our families because I know individual families and silos that are doing great. I know pockets of communities that are doing fantastic. Um, but I believe it was Minister Farrakhan who said, you can't uh, rise above the condition of your people. And as a people, we are far behind in the education system. We are too far ahead in the jail system, all right? And we need to make effective change, right? And as men, it's our job to lead, right? And I hear right now a bunch of sisters cheering, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's right up until they see what male leadership looks like. <laughs> because it's not going to look like yours, you know? Um, you mean like getting together and wearing a bunch of suits and then degrading the men that did that? Just because? Oh my God! You mean like that? Like that? That that whole deal on? You know, we need to stop black men from getting together. They need to go out and do something. They need to go out there and create an organization and things like that. They, you know. Well, I give I give you a real life example. Um, you know, we we work on this mentoring program for boys, and uh, this year we have well now thirty eight boys, seventh to twelfth grade. Um, and I was mentioning it, uh, having drinks with a few folks. And then, um, and I mentioned to a couple of ladies, cause I know they have sons. I said, Hey, is your son in high school age? I, you know, get him in, get it going. And then one of the ladies said, what do you do for girls? And I said, well, that's right now. That's not my program. That's not my mission. And she was like, why don't you do something for girls? I said, well, let me ask you a question. When you uh, watch uh, black girls rock on TV, did you yell because there was no boys in the band behind them? I said, it's called Black Girls Rock. And I'm happy for Black Girls Rock. So I made Black Boys Rock because it's not one on TV. Right. I said, this is my version of Black Boys Rock. Right. And I was like, and don't you have a son? Why are you worried about the daughter? You don't have one. So it is imperative that we do this for us. Yeah. Because I know this. I don't know a lot, but I know ain't nobody coming to save us. That's right. And and so to that point, the reason I read those off is because narratives matter. Right? So as we think about what's on TV, what's on what's what's out there, what's out there being portrayed, right? I, I had wrote down um some shows earlier. Because when I started, I was thinking, okay, we got Black Panther, we got Barbie, we got The Shy. And I was like, oh, Black Panther 2, Wakanda. Like, oh, wow, the 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 protagonist ain't even in that one. Okay, cool. So Barbie, okay, they shitting on dudes. Okay, cool. And The Shy. Ain't a positive black male dude on that show. The most positive black male dude on that show is one of the chicks, actually. <laughs> which is which is sad, right? That's the, so so when 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 we talk about narratives and, and, and how they matter, if we talk about a, a group of folk, and, and let me I, I heard this definition of community. 
It's a community or a collection or a network of families. So if we're going to be a community and we're going to be about family, but yet we st- we have a high number of black men, even though black men are out of, as a subgroup, are in their children's lives more than anybody else, right? What do kids see outside of their house? What do they see on TV? What do they see on movies? What do they see? How are they portrayed? So when we talk about um, the, the stuff that I was looking for actually were, when I, when I thought about Cooley High was these, um, not rites of passage, but you know, the come of age, coming of age stories yeah, for black men. Definitely. Little black boy. Where does where do my sons get a chance to see themselves in a positive, you know, uh, uh, storyline of where they have challenges, they learn to grow, they find something, some positive tools, and they overcome, right? Where does that exist, right? So it's not boys in the hood, is you know, roll bounce, remember the Titans. I I, I don't know juice. House party. Hey man, the, don't be dissing. Remember the, the Titans. What? Coach Bone. <laughs> what is pain? French bread. Keep going. So, so, so narratives matter. We want some more. We want some more. So, how do you how do you build up? <laughs> you funny as hell, bro. <laughs> what type of society of a black men do we have when black boys don't see themselves as powerful, as intelligent, as strong, as capable? Um, as as being the protagonist or the hero of their story, and and to to the point you said earlier, and to the point of uh, the the father with daughters, what what type of men are going to be available for them in the first place to even build out families and connect with families and make um, uh, communities.